And now it's time to check in on the state of science. This is KER St. Louis Public Radio Iowa Public Radio News. Local science stories of national significance. The world produces 50 million tons of electronic waste each year. Only a small amount of that can be recycled because components like silicon aren't easily repurposed. What if the solution to this could be an inexpensive sweet treat you can buy at the grocery store? Honey could make computers not only more environmentally friendly, but faster. One laboratory at Washington State University is working to make this a reality. Joining me to talk about this is Jess Burns, science reporter at Oregon Public Broadcasting based in Portland. Welcome back to Science Friday. Hey, thanks for having me. This is a honey of a story about computing, isn't totally, it? Totally, totally. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, who, who would have thought about honey and computers? Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, broadly, they're thinking about using honey as a substitute for, you know, silicon and other semiconductors that are used in um, electronics. And these are the materials that, that control the flow of electricity. But more specifically, the researchers are using honey to create a, a newer kind of electronic component called a memristor. They dilute the honey, they layer it between electrodes, and then they essentially bake the whole thing uh, to try to dry the honey out. That's ridiculously simplified, by the way. But, you know, watching them make these chips, it was just such a weird juxtaposition of the absolutely ordinary, because they got a honey bear on the table, on the lab desk from a big box store. And then you have this crazy high-tech equipment all around us. We're working in a clean room in these clean suits. It was just, it was so bizarre to be there for this. And, and these things called memristors, uh, why are they such a hot topic in computing then? This took me a lot of time to figure out what memristors do because in many ways they feel a little bit like magic. So it's a circuit and it was theorized like back in the 1970s, but it took until about 15 years ago for someone to actually figure out how to make one. They are a key component of this new kind of computing system called neuromorphic computing. And that's modeled after how our brains work. Floating around in our skull, we have the most efficient computer on the planet, right? The amount of information we can process and store in our brains compared to the amount of electricity and energy it takes to do that is pretty astounding. It just blows our normal computing systems away. So memristors essentially mimic the way our neurons, specifically our synapses in our brain work, so the connecting pieces between our neurons. They can store information, they can process information, all in the same location. And computers that we have now do these things separately, and consequently, they're a lot slower than neuromorphic computers would be. Hmm. So what is it about honey that makes it so good here? Because it has this synaptic property? Yes, it is. But to get a little bit into the chemistry, I'm going to let the expert <laughs> talk us through this one. Uh, this is Washington State University engineer Feng Zhao. So they have a big uh, molecule chains in the material. And we need those uh, molecule chains in order for us to make our devices. Yeah, so basically 
the honey is a substance that you can engineer to have these memristive qualities. You know, they behave like a memory and processing information when different levels of electricity are applied to them. They, they also like honey because it's relatively cheap. It doesn't spoil. And you don't have to mine it and process it like you do minerals. Like right. when you think about it, like bees are actually helping the environment. We're not tearing apart the earth to get these materials. What, what I'm wondering about is I know that honey is mostly sugar. So could you swap out different high fructose corn syrup, for example, instead of the honey? You know, they they tried fructose. They tried all kinds of things in this kind of sugar category. They tried glucose. They even tried things like aloe vera. But in the end, honey ended up showing the most promise for what they were looking for. Okay, so how does the memristor compare to something more traditional like like silicon, like a computer chip? Well, you know, this is such a new technology that I haven't seen head-to-head comparisons, but it's probably safe to say the silicone tech is further along in, in, in its development, right? Because people are using silicone to make memristors. But a really interesting comparison, I think, comes when you're ready to throw the component away, right? The end use of the life cycle. So, I mean, you mentioned 50 million tons of e-waste each year. Right. Only 20% is recycled. And our current silicon-based computing systems, they contain toxic components. They require some pretty caustic chemicals to break them down into something that's recoverable. I mean, honey, you just need a little water, right? And it dissolves. There you go. Wow. That would be interesting. Now, of course, is this memristor, is it faster than our silicon counterparts? The computer system, the architecture, if you will, that it's being designed for, neuromorphic computers... Those systems have the potential of being much faster than the style of computers we currently use. The reason for this, in part, is because of the processor and the memory. They happen in the same spot. So the computer doesn't have to go and actually, like, physically go retrieve pieces of information in another location. And, you know, we're talking tiny distances, but when it's compounded so many times and and so many processes that a computer has to go through, it is faster because, you know, the information isn't having to travel so far. Yeah. And so how soon are we going to see this? And is is it going to melt? Is it going to melt on the uh, dashboard of my car? <laughs> if I leave I, it, out? it won't melt. It won't melt. And I asked them about moisture, though, yeah. and they looked at me and they were like, "Already, most of our computers can't take any moisture." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right." So anything that's you know the ceiling that we would use for our standard computers would be enough to protect this from moisture. As far as like getting this out into the world, there's st- there's a long way to go. It's kind of the story of science, right? You get this idea, you test it, and you see if it if it works, and it shows a lot of promise. But then there's probably like 20 more steps before it actually gets implemented. Well, Jess, we'll keep, uh, keep looking out for this and have you report back if something happens, okay? Sounds good. Jess Burns, science reporter at Oregon Public Broadcasting based in Portland. 